And welcome to PBL Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vandervliet here, your host with his trusted sidekick, long hair miniature dachshund, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woof. And you know, if you're listening to the podcast, Woody is a dog of few barks. Of course, that is unless the doorbell rings, then there's quite a few barks. But in that one bark, Woody is saying, hey, head on over to our website, the PBL Podcast the pblpodcast.com check out all our social media links there we are very active on twitter and very active on tiktok and if you are on tiktok hey tiktok looks like it's going to be an american company at least this part of tiktok will be ran by an american company soon so you don't have to worry about those evil chinese spying on you while using tiktok but however in the meantime if you want to see my tiktok videos i put them up on youtube and the link is in our website as well so please click on that link and subscribe 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 so a couple of things have happened in the social media world for your yours truly your host here one is i'm shadow banned on tiktok yes shadow banned. and what that means is i apparently put up a video that violated their community rules i put up a video of antifa attacking a guy in a van they busted out a back window the dog was in there you may have seen it it was all over the news and apparently that was a little too violent for tiktok so i was put into shadow ban prison so i guess the detention that what they do is i'll put you in there for a week two weeks looks like i'm in there for two weeks so what that means is i don't get to get up on their for you pages where all the action is where all the views are so my views drop from over well over ten thousand a video to uh, like a couple of hundred but hey that's just the way it goes so um i and continue to produce videos on TikTok so you can follow me on TikTok to see the videos I produce. Also, I put the videos up on YouTube and I had one that I put up a while back that has just blown up. Last time I checked is well over 25,000 views on YouTube and it, every day it just keeps blowing up. So it must have caught some kind of algorithm and I'm not even in it. I'm, it's one where I show how Biden uses tricks for when he forgets things, which is often. Like if you saw a video just recently of him starting to say the Pledge of Allegiance, and he stops and he goes, uh, what did he say? I mean, he's done this twice now with the Pledge of Allegiance. And he goes, uh, you know, let's be clear. Something like that, where he, he doesn't, he's, his cognitive uh, ability just slides off. So he has these little tricks that he does. Like, you know the thing, man. You know that thing. You know that thing. He says that a lot. Whenever he starts to slide and he forgets himself, he goes, let's be clear. Or you know that thing. Come on, man. These are all things Biden does when Biden's cognitive abilities start to slip off of his cracker. So you'll see that a lot. And I put that TikTok out there and uh, it just blew up on YouTube and it, it continues to blow up on YouTube. So well over 25,000 views. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've had a flurry of subscriptions as well in the recent days, all because of that one video. It's gone viral. So you can check out all of our social media on our website at the PBL podcast. Com. All right, let's get into the news. It's still in the news is the Supreme Court pick. I, you know, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, rest in peace. She passed away last Friday. And you saw all of the media go crazy with, you know, her last wishes being that someone not that she's that the next president is the one that's going to select uh, the replacement for her seat. And I'm paraphrasing that, of course. Now, of course, we don't know who actually did say that. 
<clears throat> her granddaughter was the one who came out and said her last wishes were. And now the left has completely glommed on to that this, as if this somehow is policy for picking a Supreme Court justice. And you've seen it in Schumer. You've seen Pelosi. You, you go on any of the leftist media, any social media sites, and the, the left are just their emotional, their rage coming through saying that he is not going to, you know, the, the, give in to the dying wishes. He's not going to support the dying wishes of a lady. He, he has no honor. He's a bad man because her dying wishes were this. He doesn't honor her dying wishes. One, you know, and this has been said before by quite a few people. It's like, really? That's her dying wish? The woman is dying. She's about to end this life, go on to the next life, meet her maker, whatever she believes. And her last wishes that this president doesn't pick her select her replacement the next president does that's crazy i mean what does that say about her if if true if that is true what does that say about ruth bader ginsburg partisan till the end till the end but is it really true did she really say it we don't know we got this from her uh granddaughter we have absolutely no idea what she said, what her dying wishes are. What we do know is that the Democrats are using this as a way to try to get Trump not to make a selection, and they know that it's just not going to work. Well, I mean, I don't even know why they even do this. Well, I know why they do that because they got to froth up their base. It's all about getting their base so angered because here's what the Democrats' ploy is the Democrats know. <clears throat> I mean, they absolutely know that Trump is within his right to make this selection. They know that the Constitution is what dictates a president doing this, that it's a president's obligation to replace a seat on the Supreme Court if one comes open. It's the obligation of the president of the United States, whomever is sitting at whatever time they are sitting. They know this. They know that in 2016, they fought against McConnell not placing Merrick Garland. They know they're, they're being hypocritical right now, but they don't care. And the reason they don't care is because it's all politics. They want to hurt this president's election chances. So what they need, what they also know is that Joe Biden is an uninspired candidate. He's not inspiring at all. There is, there's so little, little, um, um, uh, interest and excitement for this candidate. I, I've never seen anything like it. There was more excitement for Hillary Clinton than there is for Joe Biden. And she was a horrible person. Now, granted, she had the whole female thing going on, but there is zero excitement for Joe Biden. I mean, if you see a Joe Biden parade, you're seeing one, two, maybe three people. That's it. It's so pathetic compared to the Trump parades. And the excitement for this president is something I have never seen. I've talked about it before. I've never seen rallies like this. I've never seen the flotillas like this. I've never seen the parades or the the car flotillas, if you will, cartillas. I've never seen anything like this in my years of watching politics. And there's so little excitement for Joe Biden and the left know they know this. So they're using the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a way to rally their base, to get their base.
So they're going to do any and every dirty trick they can, and f including up to impeaching this president. In fact, here's a, a headline from the New York Post. Trump predicts Democrats' impeachment ploy to block SCOTUS pick will backfire, and it will backfire. So the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, who's also kind of her cheese is sliding off her cracker quite a bit as well, is saying that they'll impeach this president to block the Senate so that he can't they can't confirm um a Supreme Court justice nominee. Well, it doesn't work like that. I mean, uh, McConnell has uh, the power to select what goes in front of the Senate, what doesn't. He'll just table this. And they know that. The left knows this. Never lose sight of that fact that the, the leadership of the left know all of this and all of they're doing is playing to their base. They're throwing red meat. They're trying to gin up excitement to get people to the polls. If they can get people to the polls out of anger, it helps them. So they will do anything and everything they can to bring the anger out of their base to get them to the polls. That's what this is all about. It has nothing to do with policy, procedure. It has nothing to do with the country. It has everything to do with them trying to retain power. So you can go back in 2016 and you can find so many articles that advocate why Merrick Garland should have been selected here. I mean, and, and then you start looking at history with this whole Supreme Court nominee. You know, this is an election year. Uh, Trump is not a lame duck president because he potentially could get elected last year. Now, Obama, when Merrick Garland was put up for the Supreme Court, was a lame duck president because it was his last year. He couldn't be reelected. So there's a little different dynamics. And also different dynamic is the Senate was controlled by the Republicans then and it's controlled by the Republicans now. So if you need to know about what his history tells you on this, history does not tell you that we acquiesce to a dying woman's wishes. I'm sorry. Well, all due respect to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she did leave an extraordinary life. She was a sitting Supreme Court justice. I mean, that is an honor befallen very few people in the world, in the history of the United States. I mean, gosh, that's the pinnacle of the judiciary, right? So, you know, my respects and props go to Ruth Bader Ginsburg for that. But as far as her policy and far as her her legal mind and what she thought was right versus wrong and how she interpreted the constitution we have a lot of disagreements in that but that was then this is now so well has this ever happened before where a president was tasked with selecting a supreme court justice and an election year well yeah it has i mean all the left has to do is go look back at history they know this though again don't get me wrong never lose sight of that. they know all of this and you don't want to get caught up into the arguments with them because they know this. They're just trying to froth up their base. This has happened 29 times in the history of our country. 29 times we have had vacancies on the high court during an election year. During an election year. 29 times. Think about that. There's only been 45 presidents. 29 times there's been a vacancy on the Supreme Court during an election year. Uh, 19 presidents nominated a successor when their party controlled the Senate. In those cases, don't get this, 19 times, 19 of those 29s, the president nominated a, 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 a Supreme Court nominee when their party, the same party, controlled the Senate. <clears throat> and of those 19 times, 17 got confirmed. 
This is not unprecedented stuff. This is precedented stuff. There's, there's nothing here that's happening that hasn't happened in the history of this nation before. But the left, they don't want you to know that. They want you to get angry and they want you to get angry at Trump. They want to get you, they want you to get angry at McConnell. They don't care. They simply don't care about precedent. They're trying to tell you that they should, we should follow the McConnell precedent. Well, wait a minute. That was in 2016 when McConnell said, no, he's not going to put a Supreme Court justice through. And guess what? He had the power to do it. He, he didn't break any laws. He didn't break any policy. He had the power to do it because he controlled the Senate. The, the Republicans controlled the Senate. So why do they want you to follow the McConnell precedent and not the Obama precedent or the or the Biden precedent or the Hillary precedent? All of those people stated that <clears throat> Obama's pick should have gone through. That was 2016. But now here in 2020, oh, no, can't let that happen. Orange man bad. Uh, and then you've got NBC News, partisan hacks that they are. Uh, here's their headline. Timing is everything as McConnell flexes muscle on Trump court pick. And here's their analysis. Analysis. The Senate majority leader is exercising his authority in pursuit of more power. He'll take the blame if his strategy fails. He's in pursuit of more power. What? What power? That's, that's the most lamest thing I've seen all day. Well, the day's young. We'll get some more lame stuff, especially since I watch the media. So, so this article it came out September 20th, 2020, uh, NBC News, written by Jonathan Allen. And it, it goes on, and I'm not going to read his article. I'm just, it's asinine at its, at its core. At the surface, he's basically saying that McConnell is doing this because he wants more power. What? What, what more power? I mean, the, he's a leader of the Senate. What, what does it mean by more power? No, it's not about power at all. It's about the Supreme Court justice. It's about advancing your ideology. Yes, yes, that's true. McConnell wants to advance his party's ideology. Why wouldn't he? That's what parties do. That's why you have parties. So, of course, McConnell wants to put a conservative judge on the bench. Of course, McConnell wants to move it forward now because we have a, a Republican president. It's not about more power. It's about exercising the power he already has because it's as simple as that. We won. Get over it. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address Make sure that you vote and vote informed. But the media, the left, which are the same, want you to think there's some nefarious reasons. They want you angry. They want you angry at this president. They want you angry at this Senate. They want you angry at McConnell. And then they want you angry at the pick, the Supreme Court picks, whomever it is that they're going to pick. Because they want that anger to transcend to the polls because it's the only way they're going to get people to the polls because otherwise they're toast. They're dead in the water. So <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm very happy that 
McConnell's decided to go this route. I'm very happy that President Trump, and I didn't, it was no surprise, has decided to go this route. Now, what President Trump has said, he'll make a pick this Friday or Saturday, and he wanted to wait until the funeral of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So there's your respect right there. He's going to wait until the funeral, and then he's going to make his pick. But he absolutely should make his pick. Not only does he have a right to do this, but he has an obligation to do this, as written in the Constitution of the United States. This is the president's obligation. So, But you're going to see the left just go crazy. Now, here's the next thing that's going to happen. Trump is vowed to pick a female. Okay, great. I have no problem with that. I don't really like identity politics, but you know, we I, I agree we need a conservative female on the court. We don't have one. We have we had three leftist females on the court. That one of those being Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the other one being Sotomayor and um um drawing a blank at the other lady that Obama picked. So I agree. I agree with this wholeheartedly. So we've down to two people. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who is uh, currently sits at the Seventh Circuit Court in Chicago, and Barbara Lagoa, uh, she's of the Eleventh Circuit Court in Atlanta. So th- the difference between these two is <clears throat> uh, interesting in a political matter. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett is, for all intents and purposes, she's a white lady, uh, young, like in her early forties. Uh, now. Um, uh, Barbara Lagoa, she's 52, I believe, and she's of Cuban descent. Her parents immigrated here from Cuba. Now, that is the political dynamic and the interesting dynamic. So here's what's going to happen is if if Trump picks Amy Coney Barrett, they're going to go after her background her religious background. They did it before when she was selected for this court. They went after her as being a Catholic. Uh, Diane Feinstein was the one who famously went after Amy Coney Barrett's Catholicism, uh, basically saying that it was part of a cult or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, and she may have not said cult, but along those lines. So they, they attacked Amy Coney Barrett for her being a Catholic. The, they attacked her on religious beliefs. Now, she from I believe Amy Coney Barrett was um, nominated for the court with a 55 vote to 43 vote. So she won. She got on the bench by 55 votes. Now, um, <clears throat> Barbara Lagoa is a little more interesting. Here you have somebody of Cuban descent and also conservative thought. Uh, she was elected to the bench with 85 vote, 85 of the senators voted to put her on the bench. So if he selects Lagoa, they're going to have a hard time. They being the left are going to have a hard time uh, picking apart or um, bashing her because when they can't go to the, it's a female. So what are they going to do? Are they going to attack her for being a female? I wouldn't put it past the left. You know, I mean, they're already talking about impeaching this president just because he's going to pick a Supreme Court justice. So I wouldn't put it past the left that they do something to go after both of these women because they're female. They'll go after Amy Cohen Barrett because of Catholicism. But what are they going to do if Trump selects Lagoa? What are they going to do if he puts up there uh, someone of Cuban descent, Hispanic descent? What is he going to do? How are they going to do? Oh, my God, their heads would explode. They would absolutely explode. And then plus, it's an election year, so politics do play. That would help Trump in Florida. Yeah, and Trump's already, I believe, Trump's already got Florida. I don't think he needs much help in Florida. The Hispanic vote is already overwhelmingly supporting President Trump right now. And the Cuban Americans in Florida have 
uh, historically voted Republican. But the dynamics of this is how will the left go after these two women if he selects one of these two? Now, my gut tells me he's going to pick Lagoa, Barbara Lagoa. Uh, I could be wrong. You just never know. This, this, you know, the Supreme Court watches happen all the time. I like Amy Colombert. I wish he would have selected her over Kavanaugh, but it is what it is, as they say. But I think he's going to pick Barbara Lagoa. Now, there could be a dark horse that comes out of this, but I believe it's going to be one of these two women. And I think either one would be a phenomenal pick to put on the court. And I believe that it's going to go through. Uh, you know, I don't think the left's going to have enough to prevent either one of these women from getting selected to the Supreme Court because all the Senate needs is a, a majority vote. They're, all they need is 50 plus one. So if they can only get 50 GOP senators to vote for, Pence comes in and Pence is the, the tiebreaker and the Supreme Court nominee goes through. Now, we've already got Susan Collins of Maine and uh, the, I forget the lady's name in Alaska. Wow, uh, oh, just drawn a blank on my name. Wojcicki or something like that. Mikowski, Mikowski. So Mikowski in Alaska says she's not going to vote for a pick. And Collins in Maine said she's not going to vote for a pick. Now, Collins in Maine, these are both Republican senators. Collins is in a uh, wishy-washy uh, state. She, she has to play to the left in order to keep her seat. That makes sense. Uh, but Mikowski doesn't. Mikowski's in Alaska, a solidly red state. So it makes no sense what she's trying to do other than probably getting pressure from within the party or within the Democrat party. So you got those two. The other wishy-washy one everybody's watching for was Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney has come out and said that he will vote for the nominee. He didn't say which nominee, but he says he will vote. So now you've got, those are the three that everybody was talking about that could possibly go off the fence. Well, if all three of those go off the fence, you still got a 50 uh, vote in the Senate from the Republicans, and then boom, you got Pence coming there and done. So now, since Romney said he's going to vote, so now you got 51, there still could be another wishy-washy GOP senator out there stating something, but I haven't seen it yet, that they're not going to vote. So all all signs point to this nominee going through. Now, is there a Democrat that could vote for this nominee? Right now, none has surfaced. Uh, Manchin, up in, I think it's West Virginia, who's a Democrat, is also one of those wishy-washy ones that will vote a lot of times with the right because he's in a district, he's in a state that votes Republican. He's already come out and said he is against voting for this Supreme Court pick. So he's off. So uh, could there be another Democrat that comes up? Yeah, absolutely there could be. That would make it partisan, but I don't think it will happen. And really, honestly, it just doesn't matter. So Here's what you want to do if you're talking to a colleague, a friend who's of that far left, this is the far left, of that far left mindset, that frothing at the mouth mindset, that no matter what you say, it's that Trump is dishonoring Ruth Bader Ginsburg by not honoring her deathbed wish. You cannot win a conversation with that person. So don't have one. Now, the moderate Democrats, the one that don't really look at the historical that may not know that there's this has happened 29 times in the past. And of, of the 29 times, 19 of those times, the president's party controlled the Senate. And of those, 17 got passed. 
See, that's that's data. That's fact. So you can you can argue that with your moderate leftist friends, but those far left frothing at the mouth leftists, it makes no sense. Your better bet is just to smile and take a sip of coffee, nod your head, and just let it go. Because there's nothing you can do, and all it'll do is get your blood pressure up. Now, if you're like me, you like to poke the snake to get their blood pressure up, so it's kind of fun. You start throwing out these facts and go, what about, what about, what about? And it'll drive them absolutely crazy. They'll never change their mind. They'll never, ever change their mind. They'll never turn. And you just keep poking the stick at them. That's if you enjoy that kind of stuff, which I kind of do. But anyway, um, crazy, crazy stuff when this starts happening, when you got a Supreme Court justice pick uh, during an election year, which is not uncommon. It's just not uncommon. It's happened in Reagan's administration. Obviously, it's happened in Obama's administration. Now it's happening in Trump's administration. It actually happened in George Washington's administration. So this, there's nothing unprecedented here. Not one thing. This is very precedent. There's a lot of historical precedent here to move forward with this pick. Now, it's up to Trump to put forward a pick that's viable, that will get nominated, and it looks like he's got two very solid picks that are in the short run that he's going to choose from, and it looks like the Senate is already geared up to take this on and rush this pick through. And by the way, there's Ruth Bader Ginsburg selection was for four from the time she was nominated to the time she was seated was 42 days so there is time and there are other precedents in history where supreme court justices have been selected within like 27 or within a month so there's a lot of precedent for that as well nothing here is unprecedented other than the left is making an emotional hill out of this in order to ramp up their base. All right, real quick pivot, and then I'll end this segment, is uh, Black Lives Matters got back in the news, not for what most people think and what they wanted. They quietly, quietly removed on their website the What We Believe page uh, that was calling for the destruction of the nuclear family. So what they did is they turned off the page that said what we believe, because what they believed was that the traditional nuclear family should be done away with. Uh, it said they explained that their aim is to dismantle the patriarchal practice and disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. Hmm. The group also admitted they foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual unless she, he, or they disclose otherwise. I'll put a link in my show notes so you can see what page it is that they deleted, but they deleted a very controversial page. So the question is, why? Why would they delete the what we believe part? Why are they all of a sudden concerned? And it's been up there for years. I've been talking about it for months. All of a sudden, Black Lives Matter removes this very controversial page that the media was ignoring, by the way. <clears throat> so why would they do that? Well, that's because the BLM movement is starting to get some negative PR. They're not polling well. The Democrats poll this. 
the left pole this. And people are starting to wake up that the Black Lives Matters movement isn't necessarily a movement that we can identify with. We being your traditional American family, not black, not white, not Asian, not Hispanic, but traditional families. I mean, historic, you know, data has proven, historical data has proven, empirical data has proven that the nuclear family uh, being intact through a child's life benefits the child. The child is more successful. The child stays in school. The child's a more productive member of society. Empirical data tells you that when a father is not in a child's life, that child has a more difficult time in life. Hey, I part of my childhood, my, my biological father wasn't there. I don't know him, never met him, have no idea what he looks like. Uh, luckily, fortunately, my mother married a man who was a wonderful, is a wonderful man who raised me as his son. So I had that father figure in my life. But you look at the data and it all suggests that the removal of the father figure in the family lives, let's, let's use, you know, we're talking about Black Lives Matters in the black community is one of the key data points that you can look at is what happened to the dismantling of the black community. You know, men, boys want father figures. We want that. We need it. We need it for our psyche. We need it for our development. We need a mother figure as well. Children need a mother and father. The data proves that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say the science is settled. It's, it's empirical, but the data proves it. I mean, there's just so much data on this that it's hard to ignore it. So Black Lives Matters quietly removes that part of their website calling for the destruction of the nuclear family. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That tells you right there that they realize they're not getting the traction they need. They're, they realize that the media can't cover for them anymore. And they realize the American people, the American populace of all colors, they're starting to wake up to what Black Lives Matter really is. Do Black Lives Matter? All lives matter. You know, I'm sorry. And do all lives matter? You know what? There are some lives that have that may not matter. Yeah, that's right. You know, those mass murderers lives, do their lives matter? Now, if you're a Christian, you should say, yes, all lives do matter, but it's hard. It's hard as a human to look at somebody who is evil and violent and saying their lives matter. But here's the question I'll leave you with. And I only have a few moments is, uh, should Hitler be allowed in heaven? If you're a Christian, should Hitler be allowed in heaven? We're going to get to that on the second segment of this podcast. <laughs> 